think you should mix it so that one person's voice is in the left and one's in the right. No. I don't know how to do that. I'll, maybe I'll look that up, how to do that next time. No, you shouldn't do that. Is that what you said it sounded like? It did, yeah. My voice is on the left and your voice is on the That's right. That's weird. I kind of liked it. Okay, we're, we're recording now. Wait, we need intro music. We don't... Welcome to episode two. <laughs> I like it. This, well, you, I didn't see the ukulele in the room, so... Is this you whistling? Yeah, this is... <laughs> this is a little I- intro music for us. Are you still doing your online music? Uh, the course is done. Yeah, it's kind of fizzled out a little bit, but... I wrote like 50 songs this year, and three of them were pretty good. 47 of them? Not well. That was one of the not so good ones, but it had like a cool outro. I like that. That was nice whistling. I like whistling. Yeah. Okay. What did we learn from episode conversation one? Um. Well, I learned that I I I just think podcasting's good mental exercise because I found. In the whatever it's been ten days since we recorded episode one, I've been way more um, way more engaged on Twitter, <laughs> and just yeah, I've been enjoying Twitter more, just talking to people more, and just I feel like um, yeah, just just uh, being conscious of speaking for an hour and a half is 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 a is a mental exercise. Yeah, and then it kind of carries over to, to when you're like less conscious about it or less less focused on it, and you're just shooting the shit or just talking to friends. I didn't think about it too much, but then I skimmed through it a mm-hmm. little bit, mm-hmm. and I made a couple notes. Yeah, you, you mentioned that you thought you were saying like too much. Yeah, I say the word like. It's it's a great to have an awareness of what you sound like, mm-hmm. and other people's perception of you and all you really have to do is listen to yourself recorded yeah you've accomplished that yeah so i will say like less hopefully Mm -hmm. that's my intention Mm -hmm. and um well that's a good step one i think Mm -hmm. but the more we do it maybe we'll become better speakers better conversationalists i think so both yeah more engaged in twitter too because better listeners yes yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got um, more engaged in Twitter too because that's the other thing. I wanted to I was like, "Oh, I should pursue this a little deeper mm-hmm. so that I'll have mo- more uh more articulate insight into mm. talking about it in the future. More ideas, more more knowledge." Yeah. Did you look up uh, assassination markets at all? No, I kind of forgot all about that. I I read the Wikipedia article about assassination markets and and then kind of went like upstream to prediction markets and then kind of downstream and mm-hmm. I read about um I read the plot of a Swiss novel called uh, The Visitor. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, this uh old rich lady returns to her hometown or her home village. Um, where the mayor is this guy that that kind of stood her up, or even worse, when she was young, 
and now she's returned as, as rich. And she and, wants to assassinate him? And she said, and the village is, is really struggling economically. So she makes this offer to the villagers, and she says, um, if you guys kill this guy, I'll give you each, I don't know, a couple ounces of gold or something like that. And he's the mayor. Yeah, he's the mayor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounded good. Well, maybe we should read it. Yeah. What village was it? Well, I read the plot. I feel like that's enough. I feel like I don't have time to read novels, but I enjoy reading like Wikipedia plot plot summaries <laughs> of novels a lot. That's kind of like I was thinking of. Uh, I I I don't keep up with many movies or TV shows. Yeah. And I'm at the point where there's so many where I sort of feel like either reading a Cole's notes of it just so mm-hmm. I'm aware or. You know how every episode of a hit TV show will be like, last week, this happened. Yeah. I actually did that for Just one. watch the last week's this happened for every yeah. for the entire series. I, I got thrown in uh, filling in script supervising on a big TV show. Yeah. That was like season eight. Uh-huh. And I didn't watch. I knew nothing about the show. It's not like you're going to watch seven seasons. So like I went home and I watched all the recaps yeah. of each season yeah. so I knew what the heck was going on. Yeah. And that was okay. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely uh, benefits to re- actually reading a book or watching a movie and getting lost in the feeling and the, but sometimes the dialogue. They're formulaic and it's the same old. Totally. Same old. Totally. I, I think I mentioned I'm reading uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls right now, very slowly, by Hemingway. You are? Yeah. What page are you on? So they've left. The, he slept with the with whoa, the, whoa, whoa. With spoiler, the spoilers. Oh, <laughs> I have that right. book at home. Maybe I should have you read not it. read it? No, oh. I think I started, but I didn't. Yeah. I read that book maybe twenty years ago, and I remember I remember parts of it, but I also remember that it touched me emotionally. I actually cried mm. at the end, and uh, I haven't read a new novel in a long time. I'm kind of at this phase where I'm going back and reading old favorite novels. Yeah. I started The Bell Jar a month ago. Oh, yeah. I haven't read that one. Have you read Pillars of the Earth? No. Who's that by? <laughs> He's this German author. Um, he wrote I, I Have the Needle, the Donald Sutherland movie. But this, he writes spy novels, and then he, he was a spy novelist. And then he started writing. He got interested in cathedrals, like touring England. He was looking at all these old churches and cathedrals and he became fascinated with these things and he became this historian studying how these cathedrals were built and so this story the pillars of the earth is about a a bunch of characters who want to build a cathedral basically Hmm. have you ever thought of as as like how do statues get made and like what if i just made my own statue of yourself sure (laughs) Or whatever I wanted. And then it existed for thousands of years. Why not? <laughs> Go for it, sure. Well, have, you, have you ever made a statue before or a bust? No, but I'm surprised more people don't do that. I've made a, bu- or a, a statue of a face in the sand in White Rock. Like I was, There was a sandcastle competition, and I made just like, you know, like a, a face pointing upwards. Out of sand? Yeah. It's pretty good. Mm. Your backyard would be re- perfect for a statue. 
Huh. There's a ton of sculptures I want to build. I mean, I've already made a bunch of sculptures, and my wife, Rika, has made me take them down. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably for the best. One's still up. Can we press down on this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's uh, make the coffee. I also have some macarons from my wife, Rika. They're frozen, and then we're going to use them for another minute or two until it digests. Okay, well, the reason why I completely forgot about assassination markets is because uh, there's so much news in the last 10 days. There's been a lot of news. We recap, we predicted that Elon would not buy Twitter. Would not be allowed to buy Twitter, right? We're just like, it probably won't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it still hasn't happened, but it sounds... Oh, that's my phone. That's my phone. It sounds like it's going to happen. What? No, it did happen. It did happen? For sure? Okay. Right? Yeah, it did happen. It did happen. How do, how do we not have that confirmed? It did happen. Okay. And then he, uh, there, got my phone off. He bought it. Cheers. Cheers. Elon Musk bought Twitter. You need some coasters on this table, by the way. Mm, I do. Do you respect wood? I made this table. <laughs> I, respect it. I, I mean, I, I didn't make it. I refinished it. It's a Larry David, uh, a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode about somebody leaving a, he goes to a party and Julia Louis-Dreyfus leaves a ring on the coffee table and he has to go through all his friends because they blame him. Uh. So he goes and asks everyone and susses them out and he's like, do you respect wood? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Okay, so Elon, Elon did buy Twitter. Yeah. I have a couple tweets that I 50, favored it. 55 billion. I favored it a bunch too because I'm like, this is a historic moment in Twitter. If if any time's the time to tweet, it's right now. Mm-hmm. So here's here's one. I think Zuby tweeted this. He said, uh, millions of Twitter users are upset today. Not because they fear they will be banned or censored, but because they fear the people that disagree with them may not be banned or censored. Yeah, that's the way all politics works right now. You don't vote for somebody. You vote against people. Mm. You don't talk about something. When have you ever read an article that's like, look at the great innovations this person's doing? Are it's you worried negative. that are you worried that Elon Musk is going to censor uh, people with your mindset? People who say who support Trump. People who say who who are against Trump. Am I worried he's going to s- no? What's your biggest worry about Elon? Well, you don't like it, right? You don't want Elon to take over Twitter. Um, you know, I that uh, I wouldn't say that. Oh. Neutral. For um, uh, let's say neutral for mm-hmm. right now, because yeah, because there's some things that's kind of could get worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What what makes him an expert? Actually, I have a. I, 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 I can't, I, can I answer that question? Yeah. So I, I don't. I think he is an expert in electric cars, PayPal technology, rocket. He's technology. just a smart guy in general. He's a, he's a smart guy in general, but but what I like about Elon taking over Twitter is his philosophy around speech, around freedom of speech. His, he is 
his outdoor he, outwards. Because what what he the, pr- the philosophy that he expounds, yeah, for yeah. sure. And we haven't seen Not how he acts as CEO yeah. of Twitter, but from what I hear from from what he has said, I like his yeah. his philosophy on freedom of speech, and and um, you know, I think I think the best disinfectant for disinformation for misinformation is fresh air, is conversation, is allowing voices to take either side of the issue, to take either side of supposed facts or non-facts and to talk about them yes i hear people say that all the time but i that's just not the way the cookie crumbles say more (laughs) how does the cookie crumble (laughs) well it, it goes back i guess my main point that we were talking about last time is the problem with that is power and the, mm. the power dynamic in the, in your own country but also in the world it doesn't everybody having a voice mm. does not equate to like this utopia of equal voices playing out right. most people don't have time to exercise their voice they don't have the means to exercise their voice and a select number of people have too much uh, resources to just like cast their voice as loud and as multiplied as they want mm-hmm. and and then they they infect i don't know it's so complicated but basically propaganda machines and powers and mm-hmm. so yeah I, I don't know i don't think i don't think anybody should be censored necessarily but but then what history, the short history of social media has proven thus far, mm-hmm. is that if you don't censor anybody, it's not going to work. Every platform censors in some form. So, so people, of course there's bad things that happen from it, mm-hmm. but the censorship is kind of enabling the platform to thrive because all platforms are probably thriving right now in their current state blindly through censorship, meaning that censorship that you're not aware of. And then there's some censorship that you become aware of and are offended by, and then that creates a narrative that censorship is bad because you're, you know, people are outraged. And, and there's, you know, good cases for denouncing that censorship. But it's, it's basically the problem of, like, Representation. So, are you? Hold on, hold, hold, hold on. I feel like you're going off on tangents. So you're saying that censorship exists. Not every act with. of censorship is uh-huh. in your awareness. Okay. Yes, censorship exists, and we're not aware of all censorship on That's, every platform. Yeah, thank you. Um. But the point I made was that. What's a censor? Give me one example of censorship that you're like, oh, that's bad, right? Um, I can think of <clears throat> plenty. Yeah. So, for example, um, a few months ago, people said, I think the uh, COVID virus emerged from a lab. And, and that was labeled misinformation, even though it was an opinion and it could not be falsified or verified either way. It was labeled misinformation by the censors. 
Right. So the like YouTubes and Twitters of the world, they demonetized mm-hmm. content that said that was going off saying it was uh, a lab leak. Right. Mm-hmm. So are they demonetized or are they attached a, a warning that said this is misinformation? Um, or they kicked people off Twitter. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's a good example because that's an example where, you know, that's a little outrageous. If so, if somebody got kicked off Twitter for saying something, even though they didn't have, I mean, that's speculation on their part, right? Like, it's not like they have the, right. a, a rock-solid rock uh, proof. proof. No one can prove it. Okay, but that, that's a really good example because that's an example of censorship that, you know, a lot of people don't approve of, don't endorse. And in general, I think we can kind of say that that's ridiculous. But that's the censorship. What is the lab leak theory or to label the lab leak theory as misinformation? Um, to label it as misinformation. Okay, I'm glad you agreed. So another example, you asked for an example, is uh, kicking... Donald Trump off of Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Okay, see, that's... That's, let's, a, that's let's, an example of censorship. By, sure. Not by um, a state actor, although it might be one of those cases where the state actor is involved, and we just don't, we're not aware yeah. of it, as you yeah. said. But those platforms are, you know, they're a walled garden, and they're, they're exercising their, their right to kick people off. And my argument is, those platforms and all of society in general would be better off if people weren't kicked off. If people were allowed to express bad information, have it aired out and have it um, cleared. Right, and I disagree. So, okay, we've got two. So, okay, so if you disagree, how are you just happy with the status quo where, um, you know, whichever CEO is in charge of Twitter or YouTube? No, which is, is has has the ha, has the right to censor whatever he or she wants. No, do you think the government should step in? And wh- how do you think censorship should happen in the in the optimum way? Well, how I think it should happen is almost irrelevant. Like I only have I have very little power in. Yeah, I know. I know. You know we all know that. We all know you have no power. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, hold on, hold on. Let's go back because I think you misunderstand one thing. So okay. we have two examples now, and they're very different, right? So I agree on the first one being kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The second one's a little more complicated. But what I'm saying is that there's millions of others that aren't brought to your attention yeah, and that are extremely valid um, reasons for censorship mm-hmm. that we just you know I can't even speak on because you don't know there, there's like there's so many things keeping uh, the system afloat that you're not aware of mm. that to radically change it which would be the concern with Elon taking over and just like there's all kinds of storylines about the overhaul and change he's gonna do there mm-hmm. but if he I think he's smarter than this, but let's say he didn't know 
what the heck he was doing. He just comes in, fires a bunch of people, and he's like, let everybody speak. I think that could be the end of Twitter, like, very quickly. Because there's all kinds of censorship that, yeah, every platform needs some form of censorship. And, like... By the owners of the platform. Or does the government need to oversee them? Well, the government doing it would be kind of inappropriate probably that's the thing like you're just getting the flavor like each each platform you're just getting the flavor of the people that run it their um values kind of i mean to an extent i agree with you but i don't think i don't think elon musk is proposing that the block feature be abolished for example you know if somebody comes on there and says um i think we're speculating now like we don't really know yeah we are we're just shooting the shit that's what this show is all about but if someone just comes on there and spouts misinformation two plus two is five i'm gonna block them i don't need to listen to that okay okay but what if that two plus two equals five Mm -hmm. um through Power and propaganda yeah. manages to infect, you know, it tells two friends, it tells two friends, it tells two yeah. friends. And then you have a million people to block, mm-hmm. which that becomes your experience of Twitter. You're just like, oh, my God, all this two plus two equals five. Yeah. Everywhere. But, but you know what? This place that's, sucks. That's when it's fun. That's when Twitter is the most fun. Because a real world example of that, two plus two is five, is too obvious. But here's a less obvious one that I believe is misinformation. And that is 2% inflation is desirable, optimal desirable. This is a, this is a statement oh, okay. uh, that, that central banks uh, oh. expound or, or if you'd like, propagate. It's sure. propaganda yeah. uh, designed to excuse money printing, designed to excuse enriching the rich. These are macarons made by Rika Chan. These are five cent crackers from Safeway. Mm. I love the five cent crackers. Okay, I'm but this is a, this is a this is an untruth. This is I would say this is disinformation, not just misinformation, but disinformation. It's propaganda. It's harmful, and I don't think it should be censored. I think people like Bitcoiners can have fun making fun of it and that's how that 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 disinformation will best be cured from that that it's like a i think you described disinformation as a virus or a Mm -hmm. a pathogen or something it's it's like that Mm -hmm. and it was pervasive it was i mean everyone believed it as far as i know growing up maybe there were some like old guys who didn't believe it but I, I, I thought that was true. Oh, yeah, yeah, low in the, low and steady inflation. That's uh, what the economy needs. But it's now I believe it's bullshit. Okay, I wanna, I wanna move well, on. Have it, have it. I wanna read you another tweet. Um, just to change. I just oh, hold on before okay, yeah, we move on. Yeah. I just wanna go back and say one thing, which is that challenge you to think about what censorship you're not aware of uh-huh. and what your feed would look like if you know it was total anarchy and the gates were open 
to all the bots and all the like crazies and you know like i i just think you have to acknowledge that every pl social media platform you use mm. is a product of some form of censorship mm. in some way so so to have, do I have to so have a anti how do i know how do i if i'm not aware of it why do i have to acknowledge <laughs> why should i have to acknowledge things that i'm unaware of you're just speculating that there is a vast censorship think, campaign. What do you think Twitter would be like if it was anarchy? You think I'd be forced to read bullshit written by bots all the time? Yeah, don't they? Delete? No one, no one. They would delete follow. like millions of bots per day. No, Twitter it works on follows. I only see the tweets of people that I follow. Yeah, and who respond? Do you ever see people respond to that? Because that's the way Twitter is designed, so that you so, see. Only if I click into it. If you click on like Elon's tweet, you're exposed to the responses yeah. to the tweet. Yeah. Which would be like ninety nine point nine percent bots if we just let it no censorship in. Well. <clears throat> and then how would anybody I, I ever? I, I I click on Elon stuff and I see good replies. I don't know how yeah, they do exactly. it. Exactly, and that's a product of censorship. That's a direct result of censorship because. Someone like Elon, yeah, you see good conversation. Your experience on Twitter, you're talking about having fun, you like it, you engage in debates and whatever. All the debates would be is a bunch of bot BS, you know, mm. if there was no censorship. And I just want you to think about that. And we can both look into, like, the stats on what censorship, you know, we're not aware of because it doesn't get any outrage or backlash. Mm. But yeah, anyways, that's the last thing I want to say is just mm. to think about that. Which is not the same as saying like the second example we had, which was censoring Trump. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a different conversation. Mm. Which interestingly, I'm also in favor of, but a little harder to defend. Well, okay, so I'll give you another. I want to read one more tweet on this topic before we move on. But another tweet is, <clears throat> the right wants fee free speech. I don't know who wrote this, by the way. The right wants free speech. The left wants censorship. One side wants a fair fight. One side wants a rigged fight. The left has an ethics problem on this issue. And in this, in this example, I think they're talking about this new... Because uh, Biden has announced that he's going to create a ministry of truth, right? We've, a ministry we've, of misinformation. We've... We have to go back to the first sentence and break this down piece by piece. Because right it's already ridiculous. That's you don't think the right wants free speech? <laughs> no. Not even close. Tell me. The right wants free speech? Yeah. Or only when it's in line with their values. When, when do they call for censorship? Like every single day. They, they don't like... Give me one example. They don't like gay people. They don't like people with like different genders. They don't like abortion like that has nothing to do with speech those are those are people and actions that you've listed yeah but anytime somebody says something about any of that they try to silence them nobody's like oh let's engage in this debate about abortion they're always just like well i don't know uh, not true at all the right loves to argue about abortion they love to hear their own echo chamber of also the right and left i want to read you a tweet by maxine bernier you know that is i just want to state one thing that i don't believe in a right or a left mm -hmm. and I've, I've fallen into a trap of projecting all this stuff onto all these people that don't exist 
Mm. And I don't like that. Maxime Bernier, leader of the PPC. Sure. Some people call him far right leader. I guess I should. Far right or pre- all right? I should preface this week for people who may be listening to this podcast in the future. So this week, the biggest news story was that the Supreme Court of the U.S. had oh yeah, there's so much a decision news. that was leaked to Politico, which is a huge story in itself. Um, the fact that it was leaked, yeah, I think you dropped some cookie down your shirt there. I let it defrost too much. Um, so the decision was basically going to overturn Roe v. Wade and um, decentralize the 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 um, decision on whether or not abortion should be legal mm-hmm. or illegal to states. Would you agree with that summary? Uh, sure. I'm not too familiar with it. Mm-hmm. So obviously, the people who support uh, abortion rights, pro-choice, right, ability to get an abortion, pro-freedom. Yeah, pro freedom in this anti anti fetus for for mothers. <laughs> yeah, pro murder. It's 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 a it's kind of ironic calling them pro choice because it feels like that's taking away the, the choice only, of the fetus. The only issue that they are actually pro choice on, like the the group of people who tend to be quote unquote pro choice for abortion, are not pro choice for school, are not pro choice for medical care, are not pro choice for. I think there's some truth to that, but I also hate talking about the left and the right. I think their oversimplification and tools given to us by, you know, foreign uh, powers that want to, like, divide us, basically. But but you have to admit that the people who are um, concerned about global warming tend to be... Um, uh, tend to have hold the position that only only the government should have guns. Let me interrupt you right uh, there. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> you know, people who are concerned about climate change are concerned about individuals owning guns. Are cons- are concerned about women not having the ability to get abortions. Three completely unrelated issues. Yet, America is divided on them. I would say the Western world is mostly divided on them. On those three issues, and and I think that's a uh, a good way. Whether you want left or right, or uh, I'm trying to uh, break liberal you. and conservative, or I want to break you out of communist this, and capitalist. This uh, spell, this you've been hypnotized, and we've been d- Free. T- told it to think this way. Free. Wake me up. Let me let me say a couple things. Let me draw out an a- analogy. Hmm. So. Okay, let's do like a quick thought experiment. Mm. You see a building. You see people walking out of the building. A bunch of them are walking left. A mm. bunch of them are walking right. Mm-hmm. Oh, left and right again. Okay, all the ones. <laughs> Bad example. All the ones. Some of them take the elevator up. Some of them take it down. <laughs> all the ones walking left are talking about vegan diets, and they're just like blah blah blah. Mm. Meat's bad. I only drink whey shakes yeah, and insects. They're just talking crap about meat, yeah. and they're talking about how good it is to be vegan. 
and the people walking to the right, mm -hmm. they're just minding their own business. Okay. Now, zoom out a little bit, and the the event, the the marquee, is says you know vegan conference. Mm -hmm. So uh, the the point I want to make is that you you associate like the loudmouthed or represented people. Um, you associate all these values with them, but you don't take into account the silent either minority, but often the silent majority. So the people minding their own, like everybody thinks a vegan, vegans are usually this and that, mm -hmm. but really how you need to think about it is like, oh, that person talks a lot. Like it's, it's not, it's not that they're a vegan, that they're like, blah, blah, blah. I'm a vegan. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's somebody that talks a lot. Cause there's plenty of vegans minding their own business. Yeah. So I think it's a myth that vegans are always, you know, t just won't shut, about, shut up about being vegan. And ironically enough, I think you could say that it's just the same on the other side, which is that the meat eaters won't shut up about hating the vegans, mm -hmm. right? But there's plenty of meat eaters that are just eat their steak and yeah. go about their own business. So I think it's a misrepresentation of the of the stats because you you you're you're exposed to a new idea and then you associate all the values of that like there's probably some perfectly normal perfectly quiet maybe intelligent flat earthers out there mm -hmm. right and they're just minding their own business yeah. and we don't know about them and we don't know the number of them right right but we think flat earthers or, or uh, anti-abortion people are just waving picket signs all the time. But we, we don't have the equipment to take into account all the people that are quiet and minding their own business. We I think there's a lot of people who have a stance on abortion, but just choose to remain quiet because it's a sensitive topic. Yeah, there's, that, I would, that's definitely the majority, right? Wouldn't, mm, I mean, probably, yeah. But but I you, do want to talk about I do want to talk about the the response to abortion, especially in light of vaccine mandates. But but I do I also want to go back to my point. My point is, I think there are roughly two groups of Americans and Canadians, and and they well, can be divided the into invisible? people who are concerned about global warming, support abortion mm -hmm. rights, and. Um, support stuff like free child care or cheap child care and what was the uh, there was another example that i had oh gun rights they're in, they're opposed to individuals having guns Th that's one group of americans and i think broadly those are known as the left and then the people who are uh, so against abortion rights or pro-life uh, people who are uh, uh, for the right of individuals to own weapons um, people who are well, climate change. I think some of them deny climate change. Uh, I think I think the more sensible ones just say that um, fossil fuel. We're getting into so many issues here, but 
fossil okay. fuels are, are, are a, a net positive for, for humanity and people should have the right to burn them. And you're dividing the population into and, and a... Th- and those are the right. Uh, those would probably call right. the right. So you're dividing the population into a left and a right. And I don't think these are productive tools. In general, I'm not... I'm not saying yeah, that you have to choose one or the other. I'm saying that's just a fact. Let's start with this room mm. and decide who's on the left and who's on the right. Why if do you really, want to divide us like that? If there, <laughs> I want to point out that if there really is a right and a left, then you should have a big left or right on your forehead and I should have one on mine, but we don't. Okay. Right? Sure. Well, we, don't, we don't have to broadcast it. No, but like there's it, lots of stuff we can talk I, about. I want to inter- disrupt people using these tools to describe, you know, Canadians, Americans, whatever. Because I don't think they're productive. I I think they're just um, this is the way the evil powers want us to describe mm. ourselves and control ourselves. They want to divide and conquer. You may be right. I think that's a good point. If, it, if there really is a left and a right, you hear all these people talk about a left and a right, mm-hmm. but the, in order to talk about a left and a right, mm-hmm. you should have to declare yourself as one side. Because everybody that's talking about a left and a right is always like, well, I'm in the middle. I think like 90% are in the middle. Mm. If, if, you, if you press them to, get, are you left or right? They would mm-hmm. say, well, I'm... I'm a little bit left of center, which is a BS answer. Or I'm a little bit right of center. Okay, let me get back to this tweet. I like that chat. So Maxime Bernier said, so the Supreme Court leaked the document, Roe v. Wade might be overturned, the right to abortion at 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 a statewide, nationwide level might be overturned. I think the most common argument for a woman's right to have an abortion is that she owns her body it's her body her choice sure so maxine bernier wrote this tweet and i thought it was clever because he's riding on the back of women's having the right to make choices over their own bodies and he says a woman should have the right to decide freely what substance is being injected in her body without pressure threats or or coercion now i just thought that was genius because it's you know, there's a lot of unvaxxed men and women in Canada, and and they're being coerced. They're not allowed to board a plane, board a train, or or board a, a, a many like a cruise ship by order of the federal government. And that's coercion. It's like extortion. It's like the government has said, you either get injected or we're taking this stuff away from you. And it's it's coercion, and nobody seems to care about it except for the people who can't do it. All the people who are vaccinated don't care. Um, people care. I think there's a very, uh, going back to the unrepresented majority that are kind of silent, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that feel like, and they never get talked about, but there's lots of people that are like, oh, thank God, like they're making these nut jobs get vaccinated or you know what i mean mm. like their their voice just isn't as represented mm. but their numbers are maybe just as big as the people offended and outraged by the mandates do you think there's, there's do you think that minority or majority or that group of people however big they are 
are analogous to the group of people who who in places where abortion is illegal say oh thank god they won't let women have abortions because that's murder um i don't know yeah like there there's probably a lot of anti-abortion people that aren't picketing but I think people people speak on what is relevant to them. Like, so much of um, virtue signaling and protesting is a product of people having a lifestyle that enables them to, they, they have a voice on social media, they have time to go, like, I've got this one friend that he's like, do you wanna go to the, this was a couple years ago, there was like a black march something i don't know i don't go to these protests but he wanted to go Mm -hmm. i was like okay like i mean sure i'll come along Mm -hmm. and then we were about to go and he's like ah it's raining (laughs) (laughs) real commitment (laughs) and to the cause and so we bailed but like i i i know my values and and my like where i stand on all this but he's he's really out there you know, wa- waving the flag on social media and like, yeah, Ukraine. Is he for Ukraine now? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Does he have pronouns in his? Uh... Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I just thought it was funny because like, wait, we were gonna go and now we're not because it's raining. Right. Like that's ridiculous. Black Lives Matter. If it's sunny. if it's if the weather's right. Yeah. If the weather's okay. So I, I think that's a great way to, like, you have to apply that um, variable mm-hmm. into what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. A great insight that I heard recently about, um, yeah, I think it was the same protests. Who's, who's the guy that was murdered by the police George officer? Floyd? George Floyd. There's been a few, but George Floyd was the last one. There was a recent big one. And around that time, there was a lot of protests. Right. And part of it, well, I mean, almost all of it was the COVID lockdowns, mm-hmm. realistically. Mm-hmm. And the increase in media being spread about an instance like George Floyd. Mm-hmm. So the medium is the message, which is a big part of my foundational philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this friend of mine was like, that, that was when there was no sports. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about how some people say they hate sports or sports is stupid mm-hmm. and this is a very sports guy and i like some sports and um we're bonding over sports but he w- he was saying he wanted to do a documentary about um how the lack of sports like nobody had an outlet mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like having sports in, is uh, very functional to society because it lets us get out these primal mm-hmm. animalistic things. frustrations and celebrations it's a really healthy way for keeping the masses subdued the and under control of the masses <laughs> yeah um what about the uh johnny depp amber her, her, whoa, whoa, her wait, what? trial is that an opiate of the masses that's what that's a very popular narrative and that's what a lot of people are saying they're like Oh, look at over here at the war in Ukraine. Oh, look at over here at Amber Heard and Giant Depp. I think that's kind of silly. Like, you're the ones, I mean, we, mm. all the masses, are the ones deciding. Yeah. W- like, we click on 
what is fed to we us. We decide what the current thing is. Yeah. That, so and so when, and, and meeting, going back to the meaning of a message, yeah, it has become us now because Twitter is so it's not it's not a couple of editors sitting in a boardroom going, Okay, what's the current thing today? It's whatever happens on Twitter, it's an organic, decentralized mm. process. And as such I wouldn't go that far. As such a the current thing changes more often. The current thing is more reflective of what society actually needs in order to stay mentally healthy. With the exception of the variable that is power. So power influence, like, I think I think the the Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp thing is a little unfair to Amber Heard. It's certainly I agree. It seems like she's guilty. Mm-hmm. But I don't like all my exposure to it being filtered through a biased, uh, you know, lens, Mm -hmm. which it it all is. Mm -hmm. And it might be, this is my hypothesis, that both these millionaires are investing money into how social media spreads their like the public's awareness of this right so johnny which Depp, clip is going to be shown on uh, tmz.com well johnny depp and amber heard they're both millionaires they're both fighting over like 50 or 100 million dollars mm. they have more millions than that to invest in a trial and go through this to settle what's what they're both actors mm. well why <laughs> nobody seems to think like Oh, you can tell Johnny Depp's sincere and she's not like I just said like drink um, <laughs> they're actors like who knows maybe Johnny Depp he's just putting on the performance of his life mm. I, I, I am coming to the conclusion that you know Amber is at fault but I definitely think there's a problem with the uh the way we're we're interacting with the information mm. which is very biased tweet unvaxxed canadians can go to restaurants malls movies sporting arenas swimming pools saunas hospitals preschools old folks homes but not boats trains or planes do you think this is a science based decision what I, th- I think it's based on power it's just and, and why are they choosing to prevent uh, unvaxxed Canadians' freedom to move? Why? Why are they doing this? Yes, they have power. Well, I, I think that's a bigger debate. Why are they exercising it this way? Because if you believe that you're spreading a deadly virus by having people move around and interact, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a bigger debate that I don't really Bigger want. than this Amber is, Heard and Johnny is, Depp? This is old news. It's not old news. I mean, it's I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an old debate that we've been having since the pandemic started. Yeah, I want to continue having it because it continues to affect me. Johnny Heard, Johnny Heard, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard doesn't affect me. War in Ukraine doesn't affect me, except my tax dollars going to weapons in Ukraine. But the way you the way you again. get this news is affecting you, right? And how social media works, it's, it has 
one of the biggest effects on your day-to-day life. Mm. How often do you check social media? Every single day. Mm. How often do you... Does it embarrass you that, that your government bans a minority of people who re- simply refuse medicine from flying or leaving the country? Is that, is that Only the, the rich can leave the country. I have a friend who is unvaccinated and he, he left the country. He took a private plane from from um, from from outside of Vancouver to Mexico. So is that the main thing you're asking about? Is that uh, planes make you show your vaccination? Well, it's not planes. To be clear, it's the government is forcing the, pl- the plane companies, the airlines, the airlines to, to deny un- the unvaxxed. And it, it's Canada, the Canadian government denying. They don't want people leaving, or that's what it seems like. Well, that and I'm not even allowed to fly to New Brunswick for my family reunion this summer. Right, right. But um, I'm allowed to drive to New Brunswick. I'm allowed to go to a hockey game with twenty thousand people. I'm allowed to go to a swimming pool, a hot tub. Uh, it it can't be based in science. I feel like it's based. Well, it's based in science. It's, it's just it's, not. It's ex- retribution. It's based in. I feel like the government is, is punishing, the unvaxxed, for not, taking their drug. I, I think like it's very. I think they're not evil. I think they're not executing. They're certainly not executing their objectives the best possible way. But. This kind of leads us into the main conspiracy theory that I want to share. Which I realize, like podcasts are a great place to spread conspiracy mm. theories, and I've got the juiciest one. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, we're we're, we're recording again. I I tried to undim my computer and press pause because I want to go while you tell your conspiracy theory. I'm gonna rudely look up to see how many listens we had over episode number one. Oh yeah, probably like it's around six. six. Okay, so what's your podcast? What's your uh, conspiracy theory? Um, I love my conspiracy theory, and I'm glad I'm a- a- uh, advertising it as a conspiracy theory because although it <laughs> makes a lot of sense, you know, it's just a theory. Mm-hmm. But uh, the we w- how did the variants go? We had Delta, we had Omicron. Delta oh. was like a bad one. Omicron. Gamma. My, my nephew's got gamma. <laughs> is that real? <laughs> no, it's not funny anymore. Is that real? Yeah. There's a gamma variant? I think so. I think so. Pretty sure that's what we got. So there was, there was the first one. There, wait a minute. There was... There's been them for... There was coronavirus. Then it got renamed to COVID-19. Then it came... Up well, f- what about COVID-18, 17? No, those weren't things. Yeah, they were. Um... Then there was alpha, so it was the original strain. No, that's gamma, just delta, the first letter of the epsilon, alphabet. Omicron. You're doing, you're confusing us with the Greek. And now alphabet. we're on Omicron BA two, right? I don't know. I think so. I remember there was coronavirus. The statistics on who it was killing was three percent, which is very high. 
And right right now, I, the total statistics mm-hmm. of all the reported cases mm-hmm. and all the reported deaths mm-hmm. is one percent, mm-hmm. which is still a very high death rate. Mm-hmm. You trying to scare me? No, I'm just interpreting the data. That's right. And then another interpretation of it is um, in the first one, the average age of death was eighty nine. Right? Was it? Maybe not that. Maybe it was. Well, it was. It was older than the average age of death in Canada. Like the average age of death in Canada is like eighty, and I think it was eighty three or something. So, so it was killing super old people. That's how, how you interpret that data is kind of flawed, because think about it. If you have something that kills fifty percent of people under fifty, mm-hmm. and a hundred percent. Or seventy-five percent of people over fifty, mm-hmm. and a hundred percent of people over a hundred, mm-hmm. but you have a lot of hundred-year-olds, mm-hmm. then the percent, the average age of death might be over a hundred. It depends on like the numbers. Well, it can't kill fifty percent of people under fifty because you said just a minute ago it only killed three percent of people. I that's a different example. Okay, I'm not. Of course, I'm not saying that. Coronavirus is not that deadly, but in the grand scheme of of all the people it encounters, if mm-hmm. it kills one percent, that's a very big number. It is a big number, even if, even if they're but, over. But if it, if it kills people who are going to die anyway, people who have who have lived a healthy long life, so why they, why should they die? They work so hard to make it to ninety. Every and then thing s- dies. Some kids virus just wipes Everything them out. Everything dies. I'm not saying they should die. It's just the fact that they do die. The question is, why should forty year olds be banned from going to bars? Hold be on, banned from on, running? No, no, no. I'm gonna finish this. Why should the rest of society be? Restricted. Why should their freedoms be restricted? Because old people are dying of something else. They're killing all these old people. It's, it's not. They're, they're not controlling them. <clears throat> okay. Um, my conspiracy theory mm-hmm. is that I'm just. I was just trying to lay the foundation of one percent being okay. the average, or the the number of people that die, regardless of their age. Um, but then we had a variant that was more contagious. Mm-hmm. That's another problem that differentiates it from the flu is that it's like 10 times more contagious than the mm-hmm. flu. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually we, ha- so after the vaccine, we had a new variant, the Omicron variant that was more contagious mm-hmm. and less simultaneously less deadly. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, people that get immunity. Mm-hmm. This has spread uh, a sort of immunity. Because once you once you get COVID, you develop. You can get it again, but you you have some strengthened immunity. Yes. It's similar to getting a, the vaccine. Yes. In, I I shouldn't say. I mean, it's definitely not the same thing, but there's some similarity, right? Mm-hmm. Just basic diseases viruses 101 right Mm -hmm. but the fact that we had one a variant that was more contagious and less deadly Mm -hmm. at a time where the population was like over 50 percent vaccinated Mm -hmm. or 
vaccinated or had recovered with natural immunity. Right. It, I forget what, where it was, but it was well over 50%. And then the government was trying to get the last 50% or 20% or whatever it was to get vaccinated. Mm. Now, or all over the world, I my theory is that the Omicron variant, especially, they, they've always studied this stuff in the lab. They've always been making coronaviruses in a lab and, and trying to make um, vaccines. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that COVID-19 is because of the year 2019. Yeah. The coronavirus, the virus has been in many forms over many years, and they've always been studying it. Well, the flu is a coronavirus. Influenza is a type of coronavirus. Right, and they've always been studying virus. And then that's where the ethics are a little messy because people are like, what? You've been making deadlier diseases? Mm-hmm. That seems like a bad idea. But they have gone through all this logic that the average person doesn't go through to think and decide. It's the right thing to do that we make viruses and we study them and try to develop vaccines in case there's ever a pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's the ethics that's the public is catching up and being the logic like, what? the logic yeah well it's an ethical question like should you make something deadly so that you can try to prevent mm. uh, or create a vaccine also that's super dangerous for people that just want to make money if they corrupt that research lab or that practice mm-hmm. my theory is that you know, these viruses were out of control, let loose. Our society was in a mess. And somebody was like, why don't we just make, if we can't vaccinate the public through their own consent, let's just make a virus or a variant that's this similar to the one we're trying to stop, that's more contagious and less deadly. Mm-hmm. And we'll just put that out there. And that's how we'll vaccinate the anti-vaxxers. Oh, I see. So to summarize, your conspiracy theory is that... Well, you haven't shared with me on how the original virus, COVID-19, emerged. But it emerged somehow. And it was very dangerous. And then your conspiracy theory is that in order to protect the population, the government or somebody, some lab created a milder version of COVID-19 yes. that spread more quickly more and, uh, and and saved. So it's a benevolent conspiracy theory. You, you think uh, you think the, um, the Omicron was a sort of gift to humanity created by some lab? Kind of. Kind of. Kind of I don't know if I would word it that way, but government's a big misconception with the virus and like the government wants to control you the government is not profiting from the pandemic it's not in their financial best interest to close it's not in the airlines financial interest to okay now we're going to fly planes with half as many people or a third as many people mm-hmm. we're going to cut down our consumer base and mm-hmm. not let people like, how does that benefit them financially? You have to think, like, the government's trying to control us. The airlines are c- kind of trying to 
control us, but why would they do something that's not in their financial best interest? That makes mm-hmm. no sense. Well, it could be. I mean, I mean, some entities have become very rich in the pandemic. People who have right. held stocks in Pfizer, people who yeah, but Justin you know, plexiglass Trudeau, companies. Tr- Justin Trudeau isn't getting rich by taking away our freedoms. It's not benefiting him. He his his motives aren't financial. To, to shut things down. I think he, I think you're right. I don't think he he suffers or benefits from shutting. I don't think he benefits from opening up. But I don't think he suffers from closing it down. This is um Hans well, Hermann Hoppe. The government Hans Hoppe is a is a really like a greatest libertarian thinker since Murray Rothbard. Many people think, and he has this book called um called the Death of Democracy or something like that, and and he he compares. Uh, democracies to monarchies in a in a monarchy the king owns all the land and when the king dies um, the king's son or heir owns all the land Um, and the king has a vested interest in increasing the value of that of that country of that land so um, he would never do something like um, you know, shut down all stores, calling them un- un- unessential businesses. Um, compare that to a democracy where uh, well, a leader, a prime minister, or a president is in power for four or eight years for a limited time. They don't have any ownership over the, the country. Um, they do have access to income from taxation, and they can spend that a little bit, but they're far less... Um, concerned about the long-term value of the country itself and they're just concerned with getting reelected sort of four-term four-year time frame and that's that's Hobbes argument for why citizens should prefer a a monarchy over uh, like a republic or a, a constitutional whatever we have in Canada so this this philosopher this philosophy yeah maybe it's just uh, this is what Putin wants you to think yeah yeah and I kind of I, I sympathize with it so actually I kind of even though I'm um, I support uh, you know abortion is a super tough issue like I don't I can't well, support, are you on the left or the right I can't support long term. Uh, sort of third term abortions like that's something that's really really hard um, but uh, for instance if a, if a fetus is shown to have a, a severely handicapping genetic issue um, you know and it's early in the pregnancy I, I support a woman's right to choose um, but aside from that I kind I like how I'd be happy if this if this new decision overturning Roe happened and power was decentralized to each state and some states could be uh you know be abortion legal some states could be abortion illegal i'd be happy because i want to see the world um decentralized into many many different kingdoms that compete against each other if that happened power would go away from from the federal government it would go down to the state levels and that's what I want to see. I want to see states, little micro states, adopt Bitcoin, and little micro states say, "Yeah, come here, come live, come live here. You can spend Bitcoin freely. It's like legal tender, low taxation. 
um, like really competitive. Right now, it's not competitive because Americans are in this big. Americans have more competition from state to state than than Canadians do. You know, very few people move province to province because it's basically the same shit, different pile. States are are quite different. Um, you can move to a different state and have quite a different uh, healthcare system, tax burden, freedoms. But they seem more divided down south than we are. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons. It's kind of that. it's something I'm grateful for is that in Canada, the quote unquote left and right aren't as divided. Although they, yeah, it's, it's very similar. Yeah. But it's not as ridiculous. Mm. It's ridiculous in America. This is the best word to describe it. Yeah. But day 50 of the lockdowns in Shanghai. Have you been following that at all? No. Some people in Shanghai have been locked in their apartments for 50 days. They're only allowed out of their apartments to go down to the front door once a day to get their nose swabbed by some people in hazmat suits. How fucked up is that? I'm not too familiar with... um this yeah well it's not on the news it's hardly reported at all china's very i only uh, know about it because like a few people tweet about it china's very very different and maybe that's a type of government where maybe they do i don't know maybe they do financially profit by like completely controlling the people i don't know they're they're on a different scary page Mm -hmm. i had a friend from china But, but in general, the, the, the narratives that go out there over the last two years on podcasts don't make any sense. In How are you saying? Yeah. What are you guys up to? Yeah. What's that? Are we finishing soon? Uh, ten more minutes? We can finish. Okay, should I come there? What? Should I go to the beach when we're done? Oh, you're going to Spanish in 10 minutes? Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. Thank you. Um, to, for volleyball? Mm. Oh, maybe I should go play. Yeah, you could probably play with us for sure. Have you been playing much? Uh, twice. Once or twice last week. Mm. I'm excited for softball tomorrow. Okay, okay. The narrative that dominates podcasts yeah. and social media is that the government profits or has some interest taking away our freedoms but the government is not financially profiting from the pandemic so people need to factor that in when they think about this stuff so okay here's a theory for you maybe they're just locking people down because a bunch of voters are scared shitless and they want them to do something some people are I'm scared of getting COVID do something and so Justin Trudeau goes, okay, we won't let unvaxxed people fly or take boats. Oh, okay. That's an interesting theory. I'm glad you're acknowledging that there's a lot of people that are pro-lockdown and pro-vaccine passports. And anti-my body, my choice. They That's what those people are. They're anti-my <laughs> body, my choice. They are. Um, it's so hypocritical. They, they wear t-shirts to say... My body, my choice, and hold up signs that say "vac" mandatory vaccine. Uh, it's a little more nuanced, debatable, right? 
means two different things. It is debatable but because, I get, because I get what you're saying. germs are contagious. And abortion is debatable because, you know, a fetus is arguably a person. Yeah, they're kind of... They're, they're, they're tough issues, but... They're different things. But, um... But the reason why there's not pro-vaccine, pro-lockdown protests mm-hmm. is because, you know, if we lived in a different world where it was, you know, the government was approaching things in a different way, mm-hmm. maybe we would see that. Maybe we, these people would come out of the shadows because they would have to. They, they, you, you know what I mean? Like the government's pushing this, these lockdowns on us. Mm-hmm. So the protest goes counter to that. But if the government was like, you're on your own for the, this virus that's on the loose, maybe then you'd see a lot of people saying, they, why aren't they doing anything? Well, well they are, I don't think the people are in the shadows who support lockdowns and shit. The liberal governments are in power. The NDPs are in power. They, I mean, they uh, both, those are the two parties in power, the and civilians. they support lockdowns. The civilians. The, peop- the people that are just going about their day-to-day life that are really pro-vaccine, mm-hmm. they don't have to speak up because... Because they're, they're people are in power. Yeah. 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 But I wonder... I wonder if you, you polled the public what, what people would say. I think, in general, Trudeau is acting in the interest of... The majority, with not mm-hmm. meaning over fifty percent, but of all the subgroups, mm-hmm. their positions. You know, the majority might be thirty-five mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. I think he, he with the pandemic, yeah, he's he, not I a, think he is acting on behalf. I agree of the majority of people. I agree. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why I kind of want to like leave Canada. Is it's like I feel like a lapsing here. I feel like people are not into bodily soft bodily sovereignty you can do worse i I, I want to be and i I feel like if i can move to a place like texas or el salvador i think i would be um among my people (laughs) maybe i was i've always wanted to go to texas Mm. i've lived in a republican state or montana or idaho yeah i'd love to go to montana i don't think my wife would be into it i don't know I've I've been to one of those Republican states and I saw the Republican values. Yeah. And I was I was amazed. I was like this is this is great. Like this uh, is pretty cool. Family life. Just the way the economy and the taxes and everything shook out a little differently. Which state was it? Idaho. Oh. So how, how did it? Idaho is mostly it's kind of I don't want to tell people how good it is because they don't want you to go there mm-hmm. they they like it the way they have it mm-hmm. so i can't go at adver- too late i can't go advertising how good it is and this podcast might be listened to by too many people <laughs> <laughs> uh well the 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 way the taxes break down break down it's it's just different mm-hmm. you know buying a beer at a bar was three dollars please so that'll yeah. be three dollars yeah, <laughs> I was I was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, this is great. And then people, 
so is just such a completely different flavor and superior to mm. me at least mm. not necessarily a better experience for everyone mm. which i've had the luxury of time yeah. to kind of factor that in and think about that yeah i don't, I don't we better wrap this up i think uh my I wife wants to go play volleyball i don't just think oh this is great for me this is the way it should be i think this is great for me but is it great for everyone that's so open-minded of you you gotta think about other people if you if you have the time to do it tim thanks a lot this is this is fun I, I like this um i enjoy this one better than the first one i think you should come with some sweets next time so that we can have a more i yeah, felt like yeah. i was a bit owning the conversation because i read tweets feel free to mm -hmm. bring some next time i think i like my conspiracy theory and we should well, I, we didn't really hear what your you benevolent said. conspiracy theory about it's uh, not necessarily omicron it's anti-consensual you know and it's malicious mm. but i'd like to hear your i think we should build on that, that peter schiff peter schiff is like a anti-bitcoin gold dude and he said why isn't the price of bitcoin dropping more i think it was a concerted effort among bitcoiners to not sell and everyone was like yes correct 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 <laughs> and i was like i prefer to call it conspiracy theory <laughs> concerted just sounds too nice <laughs>